Monday, Monday, today. Thank you to Luba. I'm going to attempt to summarise a little bit what was mentioned last week and the title of last week and this week, How Does the Inner World Affect the Outer World? Um, I made it my profession to change the outer world. I uh, worked in interior design for eight years in London and made it my job to make it different out there. Uh, I discovered meditation and then I made a radical move, uh, moved to Southeast Asia, essentially running away looking to find myself, fulfilling all the cliches, not that I knew it at the time. But something I discovered when I was living, I got myself a job in Cambodia, and uh, whatever I was running away from, again a cliche, I was confronted with. And so one example that illustrates a point that I think Prashant was making last week is that when we have a wrong identity, when we're sitting in the false identity of an ego, it's like the world around conspires somehow to remove that ego when it gets too big. So my identity was of having a difficult, one difficult relationship. And who do I meet in a completely other side of the world but one friend? And she had exactly the nature of the person I was trying to move away from. And she said, and it was my mother, <laughs> in personality, and she said that I was like her mother. And we were like the only two really that understood each other, yet there was this relationship of huge challenge. It was like we were kind of each other's, uh, I say torture is too strong a word, but it was a confrontation. Yet we were friends. And it was a real message to me. It's like you really can't run away from yourself. But how amazing, and to observe all the other expats working in a different country, but again, they recreated the dynamic around them though the scenery was different. So I looked more deeply and eventually I did a Google search and found Raj Yoga and long story cut short is I'm here back in Cambridge where I was born. So this thing about the inner world, transforming that inner world and actually things starting, the harmony starting from within. Not many have to go so far and come back and you're probably wiser than I that you can do this on the intellectual level with less pain. So it's about learning through wisdom rather than learning through punishment. So inner harmony, creating the outer harmony. So I think Prashant will take that on further today. So please welcome Prashant. request. We can bring the chairs closer on this side so more room for them. So we can come inside also. So the, the, the discussion last time was understanding our subconscious mind, it, that itself has enormous benefit just to know ourselves, how this functions and how we create impressions, what is, you know, why the mind comes to harass us and how we can create a mind that creates certain peace in us, regardless of outer world that is going on. Maybe some chaos and uh, loss, disappointment, but mind that stays beyond. This is what we've been talking about. Some homework has to be done. Uh, just quickly revising for those who already heard this. 
this uh, square represents the whole physical world more we create attachments in this world more you this world becomes your boss you are in charge and things of this world affect us more more we step out of this world that's what we use the word guest and a trustee so more we sort of come in that space then things happen here but this is not affecting you to the same extent but what we are going to see today and we saw last time also how your mind actually affects the outer world in in one state of mind outer world is affecting me in a slightest some word from one person affects me someone's behavior affects me does it happen sometimes Yeah. <laughs> so that is one kind of life. And the other option we are seeing is how you become your own master, and that is precisely influencing the world outside. And that is what uh, Sarah was referring to right now. How you can't run away from situation. We think we run away. but situation says until and unless i have changed inside myself and that that is the message and here we were seeing those who missed last time you know there is a recording of it it is a, a complete subject of its own how we create these different identities ego and the outer world conspires to remove my ego we gave one example when uh, one friend of ours uh, the dancer singer you know she is used to applause and uh, appreciation you know everyone tells her you are pretty you are beautiful and she's the one who meets with the accident where she had to be in a in a head surgery in a head injury case where she, she her head has to be sh- shaved and she has to see her face where that face is swollen with bruises with with swollen eyes and uh, and you and you create a image identity based on your appearance here you are you know this kind of thing and that she has to face to drop that ego so we were giving different examples how our in a inner inner life mind subconscious invites our outer world in simple language pride comes before the fall but in this case pride is the cause of fall it is not just comes it invites the fall that was the message so here today we are going to see how our mind creates some magic also and uh, I hope I am not going to completely spoil this. So here um ordinarily the word mystery magic this kind of areas are not areas in science. Science completely discards this. There is nothing like magic, nothing like mystery. But if you read neuro neurophysiology book the word mystery comes on every page. that is very 
one of the paradox within this. Understand, now lots of things you cannot explain and the word is mystery. In our center, we will know it. This is the position, we will know it in future, but right now it is mystery. But seen from one angle, our life, our world is magic and mystery. But we are going to see how scientists themselves are studying this area. And there are institutions and there are some websites. You can see the websites later. And you can connect to different organizations that are studying area that mainline science is not interested in. For example, if you speak of that uh, you are seeing a ghost or there is a ghost somewhere there is a ghost trail here <laughs> on this street also there are some ghosts I think some places so yeah, if this mainline science will say there is nothing like ghost but these scientists will come with their special cameras and special magnetic field detectors and they want to see what happens where, the, where is this ghost some of them are called ghost hunters. So they come to study from science um, angle. So some of the subjects they are studying includes out-of-body experiences. They have got books published, very, very interesting reading because they tell you what they observe. They are not trying to promote a belief, but they just show you their experiments and ideas. They got um, magazines, you know, publications and their papers. Uh, one can read just in the internet itself, you can read lots of it. So out-of-body experience is one such phenomena. Six percent of the population on the planet, but roughly the same population in this country, have out-of-body experiences during the lifetime. It is a big number. We are talking about millions of people who have got out-of-body experiences just in this one country. You know, six percent is a large number. You know, it is like one one million people possibly. And uh, anyone here had out-of-body experience at some point? You roughly get six percent. You know, here if there are say, three four hands go up. So often the description is they clearly seeing themselves separate to the body. This is their description. And they know, oh, it's so obvious, I am different to the body, and they're seeing the body from outside, often near the ceiling. You know, but lots of details about this. Other area operations, which you know, ordinarily we might call them ghosts, but it is like often seeing a dead person. <clears throat> but they are like emotionless appearances, that's what they speak. They are not, uh, actually they are just moving around. Sometimes everyone sees. If there is a gathering of five people, they all see the person. Sometimes just one person sees. So something, you know, it is of interest for them. Telepathy, communication between human to human, human to animal, animal to human, through thoughts. You know, and that is well established, you know, the, uh, in different experiments, very interesting experiments. You know, sometimes, for example, the dog is at home 10 miles away. Richard leaves office, mm -hmm. you know, 
at 5 o'clock. Dog goes to the door at 5 o'clock. Richard leaves office at 6 o'clock. Dog goes to the door at 6 o'clock. Precisely. There's no telephone, nothing. You know, the, and, and under experimental conditions, you know, it is seen. Uh, reincarnation, we will see this in little more detail. Um, and next is poltergeist. Uh, poltergeist, German word, just means ghost knocking. Anyone has experienced this? Ghost knocking? <laughs> I was in a room and uh, there was a knock and I got up straight away and went out and there was no one there. But there was somebody standing near to the desk and I said, did you knock on the door? He said, no. And I said, did you see anyone knock on the door leave? And he said, no. So I said, well, I definitely heard a knock. I wasn't dreaming. I was yeah, wide awake. Yeah. So that is called part And I never went into that room ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the larger phenomena, this word is used, when things also disappear, objects disappear and reappear in another place. <laughs> ah, you are used to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, that, and so the, the, there are people who are called poltergeists, and some films you, know, you might have seen you know, the films on this. So, in their presence, suddenly something disappears, you know, their bag disappears, and it is there in the next room. It is like a common phenomenon. Sometimes, in the presence of one person, stones fall, many stones in the, in the room. Where did this come from? Those stones are not there in the town, even. But there's a shower of stones. Uh, phenomena like shower this. Shower of stones in a room. Yeah. You know, it's just in one room. You know, certain kinds of stones. And these stones are not even there in that town. You know, but they appear. You know, variety. That's why it's a mystery. And you can't argue, you can't discuss. You know, most of the time, they, people can just deny it that it never happened. Psychic healing, most of us know about this. Precognition, miracles. Precognition, you come to know what is to happen in the future. You know, so under experimental conditions, people tell precisely. You know, it is not so vague information what might happen. Precise. You know, the white car arrived there and hit a green car. Exact information at a certain spot. And that is the way it happens. Here is a phenomena of multiple personalities. This word is not loosely used. We all have go through different moods and you know, mind moods that happens. But multiple personalities are cases where two personalities are in one body, and one person don't know the life of another person as if there are two people in one body. So in the morning what happened, uh, other person uh, can't know and uh, don't want to know. So this is what is happening. Everything changes, um, their likes, dislikes, behavior, some many things change. But with the change of personalities, in many cases, very clearly they can see the health condition also change. So as the personality changes, one person had asthma, other person has no asthma. One person has, you know, health, other person gets joint pains, headaches, different things. 
as the personality changes, health conditions change. In some cases, scars appear and disappear with the change of personality. In some cases, colors of eye change with change of personalities. And these are recorded cases, you know. And there are few the people who are. What is actually happening here? In our, you know, in our language, we can say there is one body and there are two souls, and which soul becomes dominant? That is different. Understand that? So these are like this is the situation here. What we are observing in this case is how much the mind has influence on the body. In one case, this little boy, some fourteen-year-old boy, is allergic to orange juice. But when the personality changes, then he is not allergic to it. He can drink as much juice as he likes. But when he goes back in the old personality, he is allergic to one drop of orange juice. Now, those who know about antibodies, antigens, and they are a huge immunology subject, they, they know these allergies don't change in one second. You know, but in these cases, same person, one moment he is not allergic, another time he is allergic. <coughs> Now let us come to the subject, the studies done in the in the subject of reincarnation. And Ian Stevenson was professor of psychiatry in Virginia University. And uh, something like fifty years ago, he first published a case where a child remembers another life, and in that area in the state of Virginia. He studied this case, tried to trace that other life, and found that 40 facts match with the description of this child. Understand? So at random, he described, his subsequent studies uh, mentions these 40 facts. So he describes you know, various things, you know, what happened in the other life, uh, and uh, parents are ignoring it, but Ian Stevenson studied it, studied the details, and based on information, located that other life, and found that 40 facts match with the information he gave. He published it in the Psychiatry Journal of America in 1960s. It got lots of interest, and he got a grant to study this properly, and more he studied, more he published, he got more grants, so in time, he was able to study this phenomena with other parapsychologists in many countries. And they got an institute or department called Personality Studies Department in the Virginia University, Charlestown. And they are able to study these, phenomena, these cases, phenomena, in five continents. And they have got 24,000 cases. They don't go into hypnotic regression or those, they don't go into that area. These are just children who remember another life, that's all. They don't say what what that life is, whether it is their life, uh, how do we explain it, that is they are trying to do. But um, how much it, it matches with the reality. And they see in these 24,000 cases there is a pattern very interesting pattern. 
and we will. Uh, do you do you want to know about some of this? You know, most of them start talking about other life by the age of two when they can speak, and they forget by the age of six. They gradually continue to forget. Some forget by the age of four, five, but by the age of six, majority have forgotten. Uh, they even forget that they were talking about it. Uh, the new impressions come in. So Ian Stevenson says that possibly many more got some impressions of the past, but uh, they forget by the age of two. So these are the cases who remember beyond two years of age. They talk of the past in the present tense. They don't say that was someone else, but they say it, that was my mother, that was my dog Bruno, that is my house. This I'm here for a short time. My parents will come to take me. This is the way they talk. The past in the present tense. They talk of the past with fondness. They like the everything about the past. Even if that is a poorer family, they like their family, they like their culture, they like uh, the food, they like everything of that, that life. And they also want to go back in that. You know, they want to sometimes pack their things and they say, I want to go back. Into. So language, they can pick up that language more quickly, learn a new language. That language is easy for them to pick up. They got phobias, means a strong fear and the dislike connected with the death, how they died in the past. If they died of water, they have fear of water now. If they died of accident, car, they have fear of getting into the car. That is going on. And phileas, they have strong liking, you know, of uh, other culture, other gender, gender also. They like the other gender. <clears throat> what is also seen in these 24,000 cases, there are all kinds of examples. They have crossed boundaries. They were in one country, in the next they are in completely different country, different gender, different religion, different race, everything. They can cross all boundaries. But large majority find themselves in the same community, often in the same family, you know, so they are born, in this, uh, to be born as one's own grandson is not uncommon, you know, to be born as one's own, some great grandson, grand uncle, grand nephew, something like that, it is quite common. The time period between the death and the birth, uh, in these cases, uh, the median, they call it, it's not exactly average, but median is 16 months. So uh, they don't know what exactly happens in between. You know, so they, uh, someone died and then born, there is a time period in between. But what is of interest for us and connected with what we are talking here, we are seeing that injury from one life is also seen, some evidence of it is seen to the other life here in his cases. One of his book is called Birth Defects and Reincarnation. 
and it is not one or two cases. We are showing just a few photographs, but there are thousands of cases with injuries of one life seen into another life, and they remember how it happened in the other life. Here is a boy who had an accident with some kind of a machine. He lost a finger and bled. He was a little boy at that time and uh, died some time uh, later, some days later. A child is born in a neighboring village and he has exactly the same fingers missing. And he remembers this life, how he died, how he lost the fingers, what his father was doing. He explains what he was doing. So this is one case. Here is another case in Thailand. One man was hit on the head, got injured and died. And by mistake, it is in the field, he got hit and died. Another child is born, remembers this life, how this person uh, was hit, but is born with the scar on the head, exactly the place where he was hit. There is one girl in Chicago, she remembers, uh, she's now 10 years of age, she remembers the life of a police inspector. And this police inspector got shot by the gangsters and died. And this girl remembers this that life. I'm also born in Chicago. And this girl has got a hole in the heart and had to be operated on that hole in the heart. And these are unusual in the, uh, birth defects. There are certain de developmental birth defects. You know, we have cleft lip, cleft palate, this kind of developmental. Uh, these are not developmental, where you lose fingers just in one hand or, you know, a hole in the heart in an unusual place. Uh, one lady, she was stabbed and, and died, but stabbed 27 times on the back. Child is born with 27 blood-red scars on the back. <laughs> And you see the photograph of the uh, post-mortem examination. There are 27 scars and here blood red scars, 27 of them on the back. And how old was this uh, lady who died? Lady who said, who claimed that? Yeah, the one who died, she was adult, something like 50 years of age. But this girl, she's now um, must be older, but at that time seven years of age but she was followed and she knows who, who stabbed her, who killed her. She tells the name of the person, another lady who killed her. And she is not one of the accused, you know, she is sort of free, but she says she is the one who killed me. In one case, based upon the information of this, you know, like this, um, the, it went to the court and person confessed and is in prison. This is a case in Lebanon. You know, Lebanon, Syria, in a case where, based upon the this person, not only told who killed, showed where the weapon is hidden. You know, and they were able to locate this boy is showing where the weapon is hidden, and they were able to locate that weapon with fingerprints, and the person confessed. You know, and is uh, taken to court and, and imprisoned, based upon the evidence like this. Now, how do we explain what is happening here? 
And then this is just another case with ulcer on the toe going into the other life. The explanation, obviously, you know, the body is completely different. The only common factor is consciousness, the soul. That is the only common factor. And what we are seeing here, with the consciousness, goes broadly the subconscious mind <laughs> that goes with it. And in this department are impressions. Understand, no? You know, our impressions are also going with us. Uh, to give an example, you know, what we mean by impressions. Say right now, you discover that your wallet is missing. It will be on your mind. For the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it will be on your mind. What is, well, is my wallet? This is what impression is. You know, so if a person has lost a finger, will definitely be on his mind. I lost a finger. Now this is the impression. So he, um, here we are seeing a person. Let us take this small example. Person meets with a small accident. <laughs> and in this accident, he, let us say, loses the fingers. And dies. But body may die. But the mind is carrying that impression, I lost a finger. And that impression is going with him. Wherever he is going, that impression is with him. And that creates the reality in a completely new body. This is the only explanation we can give. If it is like uh, if we are seeing this phenomenon in thousands of recorded cases, you know, then what is happening? We are seeing here how the mind has so much influence on the body. You know, we saw earlier in multiple personalities how the same body, the personality changes, illness change, scars change, color of eyes change, body changes. <coughs> Can I just ask hmm? about that? Um, I, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. It means that it's two souls in one body because. Uh, some people would say that, that someone's been really traumatised and they cut that different personality. side of themselves off and then that comes back every now and again. Yeah, yeah. No, different it explanation. Could also that. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, different explanation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even here, you know, they still try to see what are the possible explanations for mm -hmm. this, this kind of thing. Just uh, collecting, you know, in, like material. Mm -hmm. you know. So here we are seeing one explanation is that the consciousness is the common factor. And that consciousness has, it is carrying this. I lost a finger. I haven't got fingers. And sure enough, <laughs> even in a completely different body, you don't have a finger. You know, so it creates a reality in this uh, different body. Now, same phenomena applies to this second case where there is injury to the head, that impression goes with him and it creates reality in a completely different body. You know, so there is a scar on the head. And um, the third case, exactly the same phenomena, the ulcer in the 
foot, it is their impression and in a new body there is a defect in growing toenail in the same area, you know, problem in that toe. Now based on, this is, uh, these are the cases so far recorded in, by, in the, in the research laboratory. Now based on this, we are speculating how our mind has influenced on our larger life. Not just the body, body is just one part of the environment. We are seeing how the inner world affects the outer world. Outer world includes the body, but also some more, everything else around the body. So here we are taking a case of a person who has lots and lots of attachment to his money. Yeah, just a little attachment. He's absolutely happy person. Every day before going to bed, he opens his bag and counts his money. And he's very happy with his all money. And next day morning when he wakes up, he counts again and there is happiness. And there are lots of happiness. Is it wrong? Hmm? Normal every day. Normal every day uh, uh, happiness. Is it wrong? Is it wrong to be happy like this? No? That is okay. What will be his impression if he is to die? I can't spend. No, I can't spend. What else? At the last moment, what will be the impression? I can't take money. The reality is this. Say there are cases, you know, in some countries, suddenly government says, you leave the country. And the person will feel, no, I worked all my life, this is my house, and this is my gold, and, this is, and I have to leave it all behind. I'm, I'm losing everything. This is what he will feel all of a sudden, he's told, leave. Death is like this. All of a sudden you are told, you live everything. And the last second, suddenly, you, are, you can't take it with you. There will be the impression, I lose, I lose my wealth. And so that impression, I lost, I'm without money, I'm poor, that impression can go with him. And if that impression, if one is born with that impression, it is not very healthy. Because that impression will create a reality. The psychic impression, I'm a loser, I lost, I am, I am poor, that impression will, will create invite situation of that kind. So here we are saying, it is not a problem of wealth, it's a, we are asking, uh, the question here is how much attachment there is to your wealth. More the attachment, greater will be the feeling of loss more you are in that spiral, greater is the attachment. And so, the, during the life or at death, there will be fear of loss. Like even here, right now, for example, you may have something in your car, maybe a very special camera or some diamond, or you may, something is in the car. More the attachment, you will have that thought here, is that camera still there? Am I losing that camera? What has happened to the camera? 
you are sending a signal of loss. Understand, no? More the attachment, you are worrying, you are sending a signal of loss. That is not a healthy signal. Now, so, also here, you know, uh, that stands out even more at the time of death. And in many cultures, many religions, they know the last thought does matter. That's why the priest comes and uh, they tell, remember God in some way, everything good, because we know last thought has influence. Now let us take another example. Here a person has attachment to people, not to money, but attachment to children. And the same thing, more the attachment, last thought will be, I lost my children. Or wherever the attachment is, or lost my, you know, you know, friend, husband, wife. So, and so you are born with that impression. I lost. This is the impression with which you go, and a person is born with that impression. And that impression will invite problems. The psychic impression invites this negative return. I'll give you one example. I know at least a few cases, but one example. Here is a young man with um, a very high qualification. You know, he's intelligent, he's from special family, he got the right contacts everywhere. Based on his advice, many others have been successful in their own field. But in his case, he has always been struggling with basic, basic livelihood. You know, whole life struggling. And seeing that uh, scenario, you have to accept that something more happening here. There is no logic, you know. He got everything. He got a qualification, and everything should be easy. Why he is having trouble all the time, all all his life? The mind is inviting the failure. The psychic impression is that I am a loser. I lost, and that impression prevents the success in every possible way. Just we are showing, demonstrating. So it is not a question of running away from some situation, going to another country, another place. Now we are seeing here, this has to be addressed, what is happening here. And it goes with us into the next also. We can't run away from this mind with death either. <laughs> it goes with us beyond death, beyond the grave. Some of our medical thinking is some problems, you know, okay, you know, we postpone, give some medications, we postpone it until death, and then we solved it. But here we are seeing it, it is not solved with death. It has to be resolved at a deeper level. See, lots of the diabetics and asthma, it, they continue into the next life. Understand, no? It is not something superficial that we just deal with it and next. bit like, say, Something may happen to, you know, I may create some habit today, I go to bed, I wake up next day, I don't start clean. The habit from today continues tomorrow. Same thing happens into our larger journey, things continue. And we have to deal with it at a deeper level. 
and our present structure in our of institutions deal with uh, problems at a superficial level understand am i clear you know you want mm. to say anything any easy questions at this Sorry, time does that go down to the next generations and subsequent generations it is, is it not, uh, not in a super uh, other some might say it is a generation of some other people in our uh, family but here it is the individual wherever he is going wherever he takes birth he takes his good bad with him impressions mind subconscious it goes with him and it influences what the birth will be right from the birth and here we are seeing it will affect our social life also you know it invites certain situations towards us and uh, even financial situation success failure it is going from one to the other am i clear so here we were seeing the example of attachment to people you know more the attachment negative more negative the impression and that's why what we are seeing here this is a spiral it it is showing attachment you know they want more 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 and then you are creating impression I, of insecurity losing so much more a person stays in this space that's why we're saying just like we are guests here you are involved but remain free no no attachment in the same way we are guests on this planet you are involved remain free don't uh, more you get into the belief that you own someone else or you can own something here is a belief you know others might say this is all yours but to what level i create attachment it is my choice you know so more i go into this it affects our mind and the subconscious mind in a negative way and this negative impressions invite negative situations towards us this is what we are seeing here as a healthy mind would be to move find way how i can be involved in everything but at the same time remain free that's what we are seeing as healthy now let us come to our present life model and what is the present model attachments to everything <laughs> it is not just people or money you know to ipod and ipad and uh, you know what else you know cake and uh, hmm? yeah i paid you know say everything you know so, so many uh, attachments buy today pay tomorrow you know pay for one buy take two so so many you know uh, now for such a person there's so much to lose that is a bad thing because you got so much to lose you know so the impression he creates is is he has lost so much and so this inner message i lost on every front i'm so unlucky sure enough it creates it invites misfortune 
because mind is telling that you are lost, you are unlucky. And so it, it, it will create a environment which is of misfortune. So we are seeing this scenario. You want to say anything? Yes, just like that. Hmm? I want to ask you, how do you call when you, what is the method of, of how do you call that? When you speak with the bed, so. Uh, the, uh, yeah, person. Soul, yeah, person. yeah, that must be some. How, how do you call the person, the person who has the, who has died? Has died. Yeah. How do you call the process of talking to the person? Medium. Yeah. Hmm? Medium. 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 Yeah, that is different. Huh? That is different. So how, how do you explain that? That? Uh, I, yeah. had, I had an experience. Experience, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, don't know. Too much, any questions in this subject, you know, that we spoke about? Yeah, I'll, I'll go on. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I left my bicycle lights on my bike, mm -hmm. and usually I bring them with me, so I'm thinking, oh, what if they get stolen? Yes. So, are you saying, um, so, so, so how should I think about this? Are you saying that it would have an effect if yes. I didn't? It has an effect. Yeah, so yeah. if I keep thinking about it, they're yeah. more likely to get stolen. Mm, yes. Okay. It, it is as if you are sending a signal. So if I, what do I say to myself? Oh, they're fine. They'll be there. Yes. Then a better <laughs> but, chance. But I have to really believe it, surely. Yeah, you have to believe it. So I have to really convince mm. so myself. So if you don't have attachment to it, yes. Then, then you will not have that. So I just say, oh, signal. it doesn't matter if they do. Yeah. If somehow you come in that space. Yeah. Be, be careful, we are not promoting carelessness. No. Taking care is one thing, doing what is right, that is one thing. But worrying about, you know, worrying out of attachment, that is another thing. And that signal is not a positive signal. Like say sometimes you feel, oh child, he may fall, he is going to fall. You are promoting, you know, uh, Take caution, but more uh, just promoting somehow um, that uh, situation. And if more a person is relaxed, take take care, take caution, but don't send <coughs> the negative signal. Isn't that the same as positive thinking? Yes, yes. And that's the other side of it, the positive. Mm -hmm. You know, more a person is is in a space, in this space then he is naturally positive because he says, I got nothing to lose. I don't own anything. But he is a trustee, as it is written here. He's a trustee. As a trustee, he takes responsibility for everything. But there is no intensity about it, you know, worrying about it. That's cyclical thinking, you know, the whole time. That is not happening. Okay, I've got a question. Yeah. Earlier you mentioned um, <coughs> um, precognition. Yeah. So, how? So, in terms of predestination, precognition. Mm -hmm. How does that work with? Oh, you're creating everything with your mind. How? How free will versus predestination? Or how does that work? At this stage, we are seeing different phenomena. Not there is a sort of different explanation for that. But at this stage, we are seeing a phenomena. And they also try to understand the phenomena, how much that is happening, and how much you know. 
and how different laws of physics and chemistry and all this, how do they fit in within this larger... We don't, we don't know basically. Yeah, so. yeah, a bit like that. Mm. So, you still have an uh, answer? Yeah, because we, uh, let us stay within the subject <laughs> what we are talking <laughs> There are lots of areas to discuss, you know, but let us stay with this. So it's a moment of death, very important for everybody. Moment of death, yes. So you got to die happily, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, everyone might might say that that they want to die happily, but the last moment we cannot choose. Last moment is a sum total of where we are. Understand now? It is not a decision. I want to be happy now. If I am in this spiral here, there are lots of attachments to so many things, then the reality will come. Even if for one day, uh, see if suddenly you are without money. Just um, give money to somebody and see <laughs> if you feel completely happy about it. We think that death means as if you come to an end this uh, these observations tell us that there is no end. Understand now? We have to deal with the reality and various habits we have created, we have to deal with them in the right way. And that last minute we cannot, we won't be able to just say, I want to be happy now. And so what you say is true, answer is true, but to be happy at that moment we will have to do the homework. We have to come out of this spiral, come in this space, and in a true sense, be a trustee of everything, including people, children, body, trustee. So you looked after them, did the best for all these years. Bye-bye. Understand, now internally you are not thinking of it if you are not required. Just like, say, some caretaker, Someone is looking after children and then say, okay, thank you. Mother has come, you go home. She goes home. She's not worrying about the children the rest of the week. Here we are literally in this space, spiritual position. You are at most a trustee to everything, including the body. Every moment, I think we feel almost like that potential of losing something. So it is like a cumulative effort to make that perspective strong. Yes. Because I think the ego will always feels threatened in that that being defamed or being disrespected or having your expectations not met is a kind of like a mini dying. And the ego feels like it is yeah. dying. So it's like we can as I've noticed uh, in the last few days at work, I've been trying to like focus on this space. And because this model is explaining so much, it's like we're in such a knot. Our life can be so complicated. But if this is true, if this is so simple, really, all we need to do is take that perspective. Now, I've been playing with, like, because I'm teaching at the moment, and it can be overwhelming because you've got all these faces looking at you with all their needs and their feelings, and there's so much going on information. You can feel very threatened in that environment. But if you sort of... In my mind, I was thinking, all are secure, all are good, all are, you know, these feelings, this, this vision. It was just words in my mind I was saying and writing them down when they were busy doing something. But it created a totally different feeling. It was like I myself was getting into that space. 
of you know observing and less thoughts are needed to do the same things because normally we're thinking so much but they're not helpful thoughts they're all kinds of thoughts and I felt I could respond more clearly to them because I wasn't feeling threatened and uh, I could feel what they really needed not what I thought they wanted in my ego of teacher at that moment so I think this is a, the practical you know for me I was feeling this is a practical everyday thing you can come out of that mini ego death which is always happening in one sense and just get those feelings so it's like a shift it's like a perspective shift does that make sense yeah. any any thoughts or any other comments The thing is that if we understand uh, eternity or timelessness, um, which reincarnation implies, yes. th there is just nothing to fear. Yeah. No insecurity. Just yeah, one is true. There is nothing to fear, but we uh, we this process coming out of these knots that we have created, it it takes time. There is a homework there. You know, and uh, it needs reflection, it needs some deliberate practice and sometimes very clear decisions also to drop it. Our strings and some knots that are there. <coughs> if, you, so, um, if, if you try and if you're aware you went like a down spiral How do you how do you deal with things like anger that come along? Anger. Yeah, um, because for me, I think you know, if you know yes, yes. your life's not going well, things aren't yes. going too well. How do you deal with how do you deal with anger without yes. venting <laughs> it um, in, in order to yes, well, yeah, 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 very good, very good. You know what we are seeing here is is an option of coming in this space that that homework has to be done anger comes only if I am already insecure in some way and someone makes it worse I am already in this attachment and someone creates a you know, problem like if if I have no attachment to this chair just giving a small example you say this chair is totally wrong color understand that, but I am a guest here, there is no anger. If I have a sort of very strong attachment to this and you say this is the wrong color, it becomes all personal and I will go to defend, I will get angry. So we have to do this homework to step out of our various you know, different attachments. And then you know what is said, you know what is happening, and you need what needs to be done. The chair is safe right now. It doesn't like the shape, <laughs> it is fine. <laughs> but it is safe, everyone is safe. Things are okay. You don't need to go to defend and, and uh, get angry. So anger doesn't even come. More you are in that space. It is not dealing with anger, suppressing anger, or <coughs> you know, not acting from anger, but not experiencing anger. That is what is space. 
So let us come to another mind. This is what our uh, what we've been talking about. Mind where you are in this space. We call it detached observer. And a person who sees himself as a guest. In the whole setting, he is a guest. He has say created this practice. Now with that experience he feels he owns nothing, he loses nothing. This is his mind. And as a result at the time of death he feels full. Just as if we are leaving this room, we don't feel we have lost anything. Okay. Happy. We lose the goal naturally happily, even though we are leaving the room. Same way person who is in that space of being a guest, being a detached observer, one who is soul conscious, he feels he cannot lose anything because he never owned anyone, anything, anyone. And deep inside, the lightness is there, the happiness is there. You know, now these impressions go with him. Fullness, lightness, and these impressions create a reality. These are positive impressions. In this life and in the future, you will see it's these impressions having their effect. I'll give you one example how these impressions influence. One friend of ours, you know, and we recently met him again, uh, Lenny, you know, he is from Russia, he used to live in Cambridge, and he told his story. You know, he, uh, at the age of six, he was watching some television documentary with his parents and on the screen there was a man with a tumor in the neck. He vaguely remembers this, watching this documentary. And by the time the program finished, Lenny was getting pain in the neck. Next day morning, he family wakes up to see that Lenny has got a tumor in the neck. Exactly what they saw on the television. And it disappeared. After three days, it disappeared in a mysterious way. But it came. They say that in children, the subconscious window is open. Impressions go. And he gets it. It is not in next life, in this life itself. Understand that? So also here, these various impressions will have their influence in this life. It just continues into the future. That's why we can see its results. But we are saying that it will, it is sending a signal, negative or positive, sending a signal. The person who is in this space, the signal is, is full. Things are good. He's lucky. This is a signal. And more one is in that space, that is what is represented by this, can lose nothing. They have lost nothing. That precisely invites situation which is positive, positive impressions, positive reality comes to you. In, in this connection. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that uh, even those people who are unaware, they can experience that. I mean, not even, but also those like we know. Because I, there are also sayings, like I think, I know in my culture, uh, saying that, well, don't say that because it will happen, so mm -hmm. better don't say it. Yeah. So 
At that time, I was not aware. I didn't have this knowledge I have now. Yeah. And they were, th this was true at that time. I mean, when I didn't know this. Mm. Yes. And not only me, but I could notice with one person, with others, and lots of people saying and doing, yeah, saying, don't say it because uh, it will happen more. So it's it's very very interesting to be aware, to be aware of what you are thinking about. Do you think we change as we go through life, or should we make ourselves change? I mean, I've always worked hard. I've saved hard, but, but I can't change that somehow. I talked to my wife about it last night. You know that that perhaps we should change in some way because we're, we're doing the same things now we were doing 20, 30 years ago. Yes. Uh, it, like saving and rainy day syndrome and all this sort yes. of thing like that. Yes. I can't change that. So but I want to be in that space that you're talking about and feel happy and secure and all the positive things in life, which yes. I do. Yes. I do all that. Yes. But I, I need still to say to make sure I'm in that space somehow. Yes, yes. You know, what happens, uh, yeah, very clear. You know, at present, our society, our sense of security is based on this. Understand, no? Like uh, people, position, possessions, pounds, that is what will make me safe, which is, uh, which is right at a, a certain level. But what we are seeing in the larger, when we see the larger plan, that what we thought is going to make us secure precisely makes us feel insecure. Understand, no? And this is why when the going is good, we have to create that little time, regular time, where we nourish this side of ours. And that's regular, even 15 minutes that is created just to realize the bigger plan you are seeing. And on the bigger scheme of things, everything in this room is not my security. And this is all I have to go leave behind. You know, and you are seeing the bigger, this is all. You are just seeing the bigger uh, plan. And in that, you realize you are secure for different reasons. And that reminder, regular reminder takes us up the spiral. That is what the, the real aim is. Understanding uh, and then right now I'm talking about these ideas. I know. I understand. But doesn't mean I am out of the spiral. You understand? Mm -hmm. I have to create these minutes and minutes until that these instincts are natural. These feelings are you know, middle of the night, your son ghost comes and you still feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> because truth is like this. Truth is what was mentioned. You are eternally safe. This is a beautiful truth. Our all our fears and problems are fabricated. We have created these artificial attachments and. Um, in our complicated lives, we have option to come back in that original space and and f f touch that. It is like a sense of security is a key 
that gets us in touch with the other higher feelings and that include contentment and the peace, the state where there is no reason for sorrow. That's what we call bliss, silent bliss. Everything is good, this kind of feeling. And these are positive impressions in the present and in the future. Maybe we'll create a few minutes for practice now you know, and uh, let us experiment with this. experience the lightness of our guest, freedom of our guest, and the security of our guest. We remind ourselves that we are guests on this planet. Souls are guests on this planet, associated with many things, but the guest can't own anything, and so they don't lose anything. Guests can't own anyone else, so they don't lose anyone. We experience the lightness of our guest, freedom of our guest, and the security of our guest. Guest is always aware of his home guest knows that he has a home. So also this eternal guest has the eternal home. With the eye of the mind we come to that world beyond, world of light. world of complete silence. World that exists forever. 
we immerse ourselves in that sky. Timeless, changeless, endless. world of eternal security. This is the place where we belong, place of eternal security. From here, we look into the distance, we look into the far, far distance, see the physical world, and as we prepare to come in the physical world, we come as guests, we come as stars, we remain the stars associated with everything around. We remind ourselves of the beautiful truth. Finnish forces. Yeah. Finnish forces. <laughs> Google. Are you asking something? Any other? Well, I'm just wondering if you could care less about all the stuff around us or people. So I think it's really hard to be a guest. For example, if I you own a bike and or you own a phone and you won't feel that I own this stuff. But you see if you um what if it lost or if I'm a guest I just using this stuff. I, but I don't want to lose it. I don't want to not have the um uh, I can't use this stuff. Yes, yeah. yes. Like a you are a guest, you are also a trustee. You know, we want to be involved with it. At the same time, we don't want to lose ourselves in it in an abnormal way. Mm-hmm. So right now, we are using this. Mm-hmm. But we are all, no, no one thinks they own it, but we all mm-hmm. look after it. We take care of it. Mm-hmm. If I can look after this, mm-hmm. I don't own it, but still we are seeing how, what's the best way to look after it. I can look after this also as a trustee.
I don't need to go in that spiral because it doesn't end. The attachments keep increasing, and it becomes it, it becomes the cause of whole range of neuroses that exist in the world. Its origin is this because it keeps increasing. That's why we need a right attitude towards this, balanced attitude. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, a few years ago, I sold, sold, mm. a lot of all my books, and I gave everything away. And I'm very minimalist now; I have very little mm-hmm. physical things. Mm. But the few things that I have, I'm, I'm just as attached to them as if I had a whole castle worth of things. Yeah. So it's just as bad yes. being a minimalist and attached to a few things than being a hoarder and attached. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, that's true. Intensity of Very good example. So it is not a question of numbers. No. It is the attitude. Well, no, I must say, I do feel much freer. I, d- I do. Yes, I understand. I do feel much, yeah, yeah. much lighter. Yes, But yes. still, the few things I have, I wouldn't want to lose them because I have yeah. to buy them again. Mm. The survival mm. things that I need yeah, to yeah. live. And, uh, so yeah, as we are saying, as a trustee, yeah. <clears throat> we, we are practical. Remain yes. practical and remain careful. But... Uh, don't go in this spiral. If you really lose it, you know, internally, if you still stay in this space, then it's a good news. You know, be careful about everything. But life is such things, and with all your, you know, best attention, things are going to change. And we need to remain, our natural instinct has to be positive in every situation then it is possible for us. And when you are in this space, not that you are achieving less, just that your motivations are different. From here, your motivation is enthusiasm, your motivation is happiness, love. These are the motivations. Clarity. If you understand some new ideas, you don't just go and do nothing. You work hard. It's a great idea. So motivations from here are coming from a different space. Understand, no? You still do things and do protect things, but for different reasons. From here, the motivations are fear, and then it takes the form of selfishness, and takes a, goes out of hand. It takes the form of greed, and then you have to take revenge on somebody because they are giving you sorrow. All complications, and they become the motivations. <laughs> complicated life. Attached to objects or no, people? people? People. Yeah. If, when you are in this space, you are precisely more loving. At present, we do not know that space clearly. When we are in this space, in a so-called attachment, we become possessive. You know, we think we are loving and we are caring, but we become possessive. And if other person was to go, I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> you understand, no? You know, in, in this space, we become helplessly selfish, you know. That is that part of it. But more you are 
uh, in this space, regardless of what others do, it doesn't hurt you. And so you remain friendly. We give the example, someone is criticizing this. Someone is criticizing this. It doesn't hurt you. You are not taking offense. And so you remain friendly. You are still reliably loving if you are in this space. If I am in this space, I am not reliable in my love. And if all revolving around my some sense of worth, my sense of identity, my sense of security, this is so dominating. And that whole notion is confusion. You know, that whole notion about security is coming from something that is temporary. Is other people's attachment has an effect on your soul? Uh, attachments of others? Yeah. No. As long as you know, it has not created a rebound attachment from you. <laughs> like for instance, you know, some uh, queen, you know, whole, maybe millions of people are attached to her. But yeah, as long as she stays in this space, that is all that matters. Just what you were saying about it hurts less. I don't know about that. I, I heard this lovely, um, this, this someone said, actually hurts more, hurts more, bothers you less. So mm-hmm. they were basically speaking about the more um, awake and aware one gets, the more one, the more sensitive one, the more one feels very deep and feels deeply. So it, they were saying things then begin to hurt more, but they bother you less. So something can hurt you more because you can feel more intensely something, but it, it bothers you less at some at the same time. Hurt means, uh, in, in this language, in this yeah. context, hurt means sorrow. So more you are in this space, you know, you know what is happening. Mm-hmm. More better word is, you know what is happening, but there is no, so no reason for sorrow. I feel there's a the, the, what is um, like you said over here. I really relate that there's a really fine line between becoming really sort of zombified and detached, which I've seen in people, which doesn't feel very human at all, or humane mm. or loving. Mm. And uh, some people go cross that line a little bit too far in, mm. with the detachment thing. Yeah, ordinarily we know uh, in, our, in our society mainly people in this space. So they may be attached to one and detached from someone, that is what we see. We don't have many examples where people are coming in this space. True. You know, so more we experiment with that space, you realize that is like a, you know, the good, good space to be in. Yes, I, I feel what you're saying. Mm-hmm. This example, is it me, like a, a, the first uh, session that you did, you were saying pain is like a signal. Mm. So I think it is true that the more aware you are, mm-hmm. the more sensitive, but it's like you need less pain to get the message to come in, come out of, um, you know, take, you don't take sorrow from it, it's just like a signal, but you need less of a signal to, to make that um, switch. Does it make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking, sorry, I was referring more to like, um, maybe in the past, years ago when I was much more numb to myself, you know, things wouldn't, I maybe I could watch uh, the news and not be that affected, whereas then there have been times in the past when I've 
I've been more awake when I've watched the news and, and I felt, you know, I couldn't stop crying over something because I, I felt more sensitised. I could, re- I could I imagine that I was that person, you know, that I could well be. And, do you know what I mean? So it was like it, 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 can, it can... Actually, that's not the concept I was talking about. But yes, I think about what you said. Thank you. Yeah.